I'm kind of stewing right now because I try. I, I asked Ohm if he wanted to come on, and he said he was outlet shopping. And Memorial Day outlet shopping, I would much rather do than this. Uh, yeah, Ohm loves himself some outlet shopping. I would tell you that right now. He's probably getting himself like a pair of Federer's, all pumped up for the French Open. I mean, I might have woken up early today to see if there were any like Memorial Day deals to be had. I mean, do you shop on uh, Black Friday too? Like, I don't think there's anything that I would want to do less today than go to an outlet. to the Hoop Collective. I'm Cassidy Hubbards from NYC. Um, Han is in LA. Um, Ramona has a little something called Game 7 that she's covering um, after being seen in the stands in Cleveland. Shout out to uh, the Fatheads. That's awesome. Can I just say that we have some... I don't want to use the word uppity, but I've never seen excuses like these in the group chats ever. When Chanae's like, I have a game to play. What? I can't make Someone- it today. Oh, I have a little thing called Game 7 in Houston. I can't make it today. These are some like I mean, high ceiling excuses. Right. Like Chanae is a actual professional athlete and she has um film session with her coach. Right. So she's not here. And I wouldn't call that uppity. Damn, like that is a shot. <laughs> like uppity. Oh, I said I don't want to use the word uppity. I'm just saying. You shouldn't. It doesn't really That's okay. fit here. <laughs> like you don't want to use it and you shouldn't use it. Neither of them are uppity. They are both working. Uh, so we call in some big guns. Nick Friedel in Shy City. Uh, I thought you were going to say big head because uh, <laughs> as, a, as a size eight Cubs hat, I can definitely fill that role. Yeah, what would your fat head look like in, in the crowd of uh, Cleveland? That's it would just be my like, normal size face. Yeah, it's an oxymoron, <laughs> right? It would just be head. You wouldn't say fat. Head. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I am so excited to hear that laugh throughout this uh, podcast. And oh, oh, all the way from OKC, Royce Young. Yeah, what's good? Definitely not doing anything neat. I had no relevant excuse. There's no uppity <laughs> reason for me not to be on. Wait, you're not on um, Paul George watch 24-7? Yeah, not- well, that's – yeah, you know, I, I, I'm actually in his backyard right now. Like, <laughs> we're grilling out for Memorial backyard. Day, but, like, I had time to do this. Where's he going, Royce? Where's he going? <laughs> <laughs> He's about to go inside and <laughs> he, he, he took it. get I'm a bottle glad. of water. That was a commitment. That was a commitment. I've actually just pictured you in his uh, backyard as he's yeah. – uh, I bet you he has a little pond in his backyard so he yeah, can fish. We're about fish. to go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. No, but for real, for real. Sum up for me, Fidel, um, your biggest takeaway that's – a, that's, a, that's a business term uh, from, from last night's win. Aside from the fact that LeBron remains really good and better than anyone else in the Eastern Conference, uh, what struck me is the same thing that we've all watched for years, which is the guy just has uh, like a, a mental edge over everybody else in that conference still. And I don't believe there's that, you know, everybody will say, oh, the Celtics weren't healthy. I got it. I understand. Kyrie and Hayward would have made <laughs> it would have made a hell of a difference, but it would have been a completely different team, though. Let's a just, completely you know. different team, exactly. But the key to me is, you know, as as the the conversation uh, gets broader here, not only uh, now as we go through what happened in Game Seven, but heading into the summer. I mean, people are like, oh well, you know, Boston's definitely going to win next year. Uh, because they'll be healthy. You're telling me that Cleveland's not going to add some more pieces so long as LeBron says, yeah, I'll come back for another season. Uh, That guy is just better 
than anybody else who does it anywhere. Are you breaking news right now? Are you saying are you saying LeBron staying? Oh, you no. just solidified I, that LeBron. I'm leaning. I've been leaning that way all year. I still think that the best option for him in the here and now. Did is, you see how he dissed Gilbert or, after the game, though? Yeah, what I mean, that that relationship's been bad for like. <laughs> it's like they've been broken up. They got back together. It didn't work, and they were like, "Ah, eh, I guess we're just stuck here for a while." We're, it's for Gilbert's the- been sleeping on the couch for like the last three years. That's what <laughs> exactly. Like it's it's you know they're, they're just they're staying in it for the kids. They're they're just <laughs> trying to make this thing work here, but it's just the love has gone bad. But it still doesn't mean that it's the best option for both. So, uh, you know, as far as LeBron goes, I can't say I was surprised at all last night. I, I even though Cavs, you picked, picked the Celtics the to, to get well, this no, far. I picked the Cavs. I picked the Cavs to win the series. Although, if you had asked me before the game, if I'm being totally honest, I would have probably leaned towards picking the Celtics because I wasn't sure that anybody could win in Boston. Uh, but as we saw, Rozier, Tatum, Brown. Game seven against that guy is different than any other game they've ever played. Yo, Tatum showed up though. The rest didn't. I mean, uh, you know, he, he played, he played well. He, he played better than, than most of his teammates, but there was still plenty to be desired. It's one of those games that they'll look back on and they'll learn from uh, the rest of their careers. So look, all, that's a long way of saying that LeBron is still the guy and as i watched last night i was thinking why in the world would he leave the east true uh true. Cass, let me can i ask you something about tatum at yes the end of the you season, can ask me something <laughs> thank you <laughs> at the end of the regular <laughs> season <laughs> yeah. everyone was saying like is simmons the the rookie of the year is mitchell the rookie of the year if they had to re-vote today would tatum win it I mean, this is like, uh, also you could do this with MVP. Like LeBron should win MVP, but that's not what the award is. Okay. The award is for the regular season. So if you were to say up until this point, mm-hmm. like, uh, it's obvious that Tatum has been the best rookie because, you know, he led his team in scoring and he led his team to the Eastern Conference finals. So, so uh, but, and the same can go for, in my opinion, for what LeBron's doing over what Harden has done. Okay, so, mm-hmm. th- but the reason that I ask this is like, this has been a long discussion amongst the NBA editorial staff at ESPN about if you were going to start a franchise with one player, would you start a fran- would you start it with Tatum or with Mitchell? And a lot of people were picking Tatum, and I was kind of flummoxed by that. It's surprising. When was this asked? Was this during this while during like we were watching? Finals. Yeah. Okay, so. It was the here and now. Yeah. You know, we're just we're such prisoners of the uh, of of the moment. Feel like we, you know, if you would have asked that question when Mitchell was going off, um, uh, you know, in, against the the Rockets and who the hell did they play in the first round? <laughs> like I don't even remember. Who did they play in the first round? The Tibbs. The Tibbs. Oh, the Timberwolves. There we go. <laughs> I love how you say the Tibbs. <laughs> like, like, the Tibbs are wolves. <laughs> The wolves. I don't know. Maybe we won't be for long. Um, that is not that is there's nothing substantial behind that comment. Don't read into it. <laughs> uh I hear I hear what you're saying, Han. I um I just uh I don't know. I, I just think it's all like it's situational. I, I don't think we would have seen this out of Tatum if um it were if Ky- if it were still Kyrie and Hayward's team. Right. You know, I just I like um so that's my sophisticated answer. What do you think, Royce? I think the correct answer that's been Simmons still, but um, yeah, I think you're right, Cassidy. Though I mean, it, it this happens a lot of times when you get into like a playoff series and you're watching what's happening in front of you and you focus in on it. And you know, I think you know, I, he 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 may end up winning it, but you know, people have done that with Brad Stevens. It's like people have uh, decided that like he has to be the coach of the year. Clearly, right. he's the coach right. of the year, but like. When those ballots were turned in on April 16th or whenever that was, April 15th, it was a great discussion between, you know, Dwayne Casey was the, the, that's clear who I front voted for. for you know, so like, um, you can, uh, a postseason, the, the magnitude of the games can kind of change your opinion and change your, change your perspective. But, you know, the fact that you just, that everybody just saw Jason Tatum playing 
matters a lot. But like Donovan Mitchell was the most impressive rookie in this postseason to me, no question about it. He took he stared down Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony outplayed those guys, and that counts for something. Um, and and then you know he he really didn't have that great of a series against the Rockets himself. But he was asked to do so much, and he really answered the call for a young Jazz team that kind of had no business being where they were at anyway. And I realize that you can say the same thing for Jason Tatum, but to me, Donovan Mitchell was the most impressive rookie in the postseason. But the correct answer to which rookie would you want to start your franchise with, I think, is Ben Simmons still. So crazy, because like Ben Simmons is, what is his ceiling? It's like magic. That's his ceiling. And Donovan Mitchell's ceiling is... Dwayne Wade 2.0. Dwayne Wade. Was You're a saying ceiling. You're saying ceiling. Whereas, like, it could be like those seem to be the names that you know right. they've drawn comparisons to. Those are two different things. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to just outright say that these are they're going to be these guys because that's a lot of uh, unnecessary yeah. pressure to put on people. So I'm just kind of using ceiling. I'm doing a real bad job with my word choicing today. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. You- that's- that's a good question. I was thinking that about Tatum though myself. What is like? What is, what is his best case scenario? What does he look like? Is it Durant? Is it Paul George? His, like, I feel what like is his he? best case scenario is Scotty Pippen two point oh. Scotty with a three point shot. He rebounds. But Scotty's one of the Han. Scotty's one of the right. Scotty's one of the best defensive players of all time. All Tatum, time. Tatum just turned twenty and he's already a pretty good defender. TBD. I mean, like these are these are. We're slotting these rookies into some really, really big. And this is, I mean, look, I think the biggest takeaway is, is a damn impressive uh, rookie class. And, you know, as LeBron put this, like it could be, you know, how about we, how, how would I pose this question? It's, it's not fair because I think you, I mean, you, you have arguably the greatest player of all time in, in the 03 draft class, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, LeBron said it that they could be the second best draft class behind the old three draft class. If these three guys continue on this uh, upward trajectory, and these teams continue to—I mean, I think it's harder for the Jazz because of the West, right? Um, but you know, if the if we see the Celtics and the Sixers continue to. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with the Cavs, but continue to improve and in led by those two guys. Um, I don't know. I, you know I just realized, Cassidy, though, that speaking what? of 03, does this mean that they're going to play together? You got Ben Simmons is left-handed like Chris Bosh. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's drawn comps to Dwayne Wade. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess like Jason Tatum's kind of similar height to LeBron. So like clearly. Who's like- the mellow? Who's the mellow of this draft class? <laughs> I don't know. Marketing's more mellow. I don't, I don't, know don't do us like that, <laughs> Fridell. Come on. Forget the dirt comparison. Don't you think Bulls so fans are, ta- are, are are having a hard week as it is with all this Jordan Lebron conversation? We don't yeah, need that. I, I, I say I'm so sick of uh, of that conversation. But yeah, we're I, not having it. We're not look, having it. They, the Bulls fans, Bulls fans, I know would take. Mellow, like the first ten years of Mellow in a heartbeat. It was yeah. uh, the last five that has really been a <laughs> really been a struggle. Look, I am about to start this conversation knowingly. I'm like going to blow up my mentions because I think Kobe stands are worse than the the Bay Hive. But um, can we talk a little bit about his uh, tweet he sent out, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> including himself in this conversation uh, between? Um, Jordan and LeBron. What did you? I would call that a humble brag. What would you call that? It was. It's not even brag. I don't know. It's like I don't know what that is. It's like it, it's a. It's its own category of <laughs> of, of uh, It is. <laughs> I like that. I like that, buddy. It's just like um, A and B conversation, you know, Kobe. Um, look, no disrespect to uh, the Black Mamba, but it, we ain't we ain't talking about you right now. Like you're not in this discussion. Um, I, I'm just gonna. Read I read it. the first part of that. Oh yeah, okay. Read it. Read it. So those who haven't heard it yet. Uh, last night, uh, that's Sunday night post, um, LeBron defeating the Celtics. Kobe Bryant tweets: "We can enjoy one without tearing down one. I love what he's doing. Don't debate what can't be definitively won by anyone. Hashtag enjoy my five. Hashtag enjoy MJ six. Hashtag enjoy LBJ quest." 
I read the first part of that tweet. Like halfway through, I'm like, yeah, this is damn good from Kobe. Okay. And then I get to enjoy my five. And I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, like, if he were just saying, hey, guys, like, just let LeBron and Jordan have their own legacies. Like, that meant, oh, it's dope, Kobe. Way to go. But then he's like, enjoy my five. <laughs> we weren't talking the, about your five. What was the remix from, from your girl Beyonce and Kanye? I think it was their song. And all, I, I, I heard this in my head. I got a big uh, 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 ego. ego, big ego. <laughs> yes. And going, oh, boy. Here we go. That's More Nick Friedle singing, please. <laughs> it's on demand. It's on demand. We all right. Now, from Key Sweat, and then we can shut it down. Don't come for me, Kobe fans. I don't. I don't. I. I don't need that in my life because you know. You know we're right. Um, Kobe's great, but he's. This is not about him right now. Hey, Royce, have you been getting sun baskets? I have. It's been this pleasant surprise where every now and then they just show up on our front porch and it's this big, awesome cardboard box. And uh, my wife will send me a lot of times I'll be on the road and she'll send me a text and be like, man, this is this is sweet. I just got dinner taken care of for me for the week because that's her. That's one of her greatest struggles when I'm traveling is that like, oh, crap, I have to uh, I have to cook dinner. (laughs) Uh, Your lovely wife and her home dinner plans is. Very interesting. I want to get back to that. But I also just thought of something where I don't know the answer, so I'm going to solicit your advice. Is it, do I say that you got your sun baskets or is it a sun basket basket? That's a good question. That's actually like, it's a really existential question that I don't know the answer to. So, uh, back to your, while, while, while we sort that out, listeners. Let's ponder that. Yeah, at Royce Young, at Andrew Lahan, let, let us know, is it sun baskets or sun basket baskets? Um, yeah. What what kind of meals has uh, has your wife been sharing with you? Uh, well, I was home for the other day, and we had um, it was like a turkey, black bean, avocado, some kind of bowl, like you know, like kind of like a like a chipotle type bowl, you know, okay. like, and it was like it was literally like out absolutely outstanding, and the and I'm. And I know, like, I sound like a total sunbasket stand at this point, which is funny because, like, as of like three months ago, I'd never had one before and never even really heard of it. And now it's like, <laughs> I'm a sunbasket stand. But she was like, "I'm gonna make us lunch real quick," and I was like, "Okay, cool." And like, I was, I was actually, legitimately, this is like a hundred percent honesty, shocked and how quickly that was put together because I, I figured it'd be like, oh, okay, like you know, I'll be lunch. She's got to go cook my lunch. It'll be thirty minutes, and it was, it was done and ready in like ten minutes. Uh, do are we? So you're giving credit to Sunbasket for that, not your wife. Uh, oh yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I. I mean, Sunbasket's great now, but let me clarify. <laughs> score points there. Do you know which which package you guys have been getting? Because I know that there's like several different kinds. Yeah, um, there's paleo, there's gluten free, lean and clean, vegan, Mediterranean, family options, and more. I honestly don't know which one they were. I'm thinking that the last one we got was probably, uh, maybe Mediterranean. I don't know what that would have been. I don't know. I don't know what else was in it, but uh, we we just had the one. I just she probably cooked uh, one or two of them while I've been gone, but. Um, maybe we should have her on to do the ad read. I, I mean, has there been anything that you've had from some basket that you're just like, you know what, this is this is not great? I thought it was actually gonna be really. I was so excited about it, but I I think it was more my personal preference. It was like a uh, it was like a rice and something with like mole. Isn't that how you say it, mole? Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't like mole. It's official. It's like chocolate. It's like weird. I don't think that that's. I didn't like that that much. Um, now go back and do it again where you're like, I love mole. Mole is my favorite thing. <laughs> Every single thing that some basket sends is amazing. <laughs> I've never disliked anything that I've gotten. I eat it all, and I'm excited to eat it, especially when I get the mole ones. <laughs> mole is my favorite. Go to sunbasket.com slash hoop today to learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash hoop, H-O-O-P. For $35 off, sunbasket.com slash hoop.
is this the best LeBron postseason we've ever seen? It's it's a pretty bad team that he just took to the finals. Okay, but I did a okay. So when you look back at that 017, okay, that roster, and maybe I'm being the prisoner of the moment because I know like I've been covering this team, the this Cavs team a little more this year, and so. They got, you know, uh, Kevin Love and a veteran and George Hill. And uh, when you look at 07, you got Danielle Marshall. You got Damon Jones, the player, not the dude, you know, <laughs> coaching right now. Um, Vera Zhao. Uh, Ubi Gibson. <laughs> like, like Ira Newble. Who else is on that? I mean, it's, it's um, I don't know. Like. I don't know which I, I to me I think I think all right if you're gonna just go rosters I think 07 was probably weaker than, I know I'm gonna say 07 was weaker than than what happened than this roster yeah. but this year I think you got to also explain all right this year started with the Kyrie trade and then Isaiah Thomas being hurt you know uh the beginning of the year and then coming back and then it being disastrous and then the fire sale and then you know the Kyle Korver tragedy into um, like uh, Ty Lue's absence into right. like the thousands of di- like this team was like 19 different uh, people, not 19 different um, teams. So like right. that has to be that that needs to be in the description of what team he, you know, dragged to the finals, I guess. Yeah. And like his second best player. I mean, I feel like this was kind of glossed over. Just in in the uh, complete like gravity of LeBron's greatness last night, Cassidy. But like LeBron's second best teammate, the Cavs' second best player, did not play in the game. You know, on short notice, which is not a. I know there's going to be Celtics people like, oh, we didn't have Kyrie, we didn't have Gordon. But like when you get like you know thrown the curveball of a of of Kevin Love being out, and now you the have to readjust. And Jeff Green is your second best player all of a sudden. Like yeah. that's. To, and to go on the road in those circumstances without Kevin Love, that's and I think I think uh, Windhorst had it maybe in the in the story that he wrote, which if you haven't read it, it was great, uh, where he was kind of trying to put in perspective the achievement of LeBron getting to these finals. I don't even remember off the top of my head what LeBron's line was last night. It was like what, like thirty five, thirteen, and nine or something like that. I don't know. It, it it's it's mind boggling to think that last night, yes, the magnitude of the game was. Uh, and the win was, you know, extremely notable. But the game itself that LeBron played, like, was maybe like I don't know his tenth or eleventh best of this postseason. Like LeBron right. himself didn't even play that great, and that was with thirty five, thirteen, and nine or whatever it was. Fifteen. And, he had fifteen rebounds. 15, he was all. Yes. I mean, he had like every rebound last night. Felt yeah. Like. You know what's uh? You know what's crazy about that game seven two is J.R. Smith did not make a three pointer on the road that whole series, and he finally made three in game seven. On Sunday night, and the Cavs win by eight. If J.R. Smith doesn't make those threes, they they still lose mm-hmm. despite LeBron's performance. It's crazy. Why do you think he went shirtless after the game? <laughs> I mean, he had he had something to celebrate. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it it was uh, pretty impressive. Um, it was a bad game. Let's put it out. Like it was it was a really bad game. <laughs> it was a really bad game. But you start you started this conversation off uh nick by saying like um that lebron has uh, the mental edge on the eastern conference and i think that game came down to the last five minutes and you know like experience paid off um and that's not just lebron's experience jr smith was on you know svp after the game and you know svp asked him like did you see you know kind of fear in their eyes like um you know, like before, maybe before the, the uh, pass from LeBron to, to George Hill. And he goes, yeah, we did. And we, we told each other in the huddle, like, all right, this is time. This it, It's time to, you know, go after the kill now because th- they saw the fear. I mean, maybe yeah. he was just doing that yeah. up, but it was pretty evident. I mean, w- like you knew you're watching this whole game and the fact that like, you know, it started off, it felt like it was in the, the Celtics' favor, and then they just stopped hitting anything. And it, from that point forward, when the when the Cavs kind of evened it up, it, it, you just felt like, all right, it, it, the Cavs are going to win this because they have the experience advantage. And then, oh, by the way, Tristan Thompson goes and gets nine or ten rebounds. He's and, been great lately. And Exactly. He, I mean, it's like, yes, it's like muscle memory with him. 
mm-hmm. in the, some of these postseason games, like you know, all the different things that have happened uh, for him on and off the floor this season. But he's gotten into these postseason games and he, and he's there and and you know he's going to make a couple plays. But as I watched LeBron down the stretch, and I, you know I'm talking about the mental edge that he's got, it reminds me of watching Tiger Woods in the early 2000s because you knew if he were anywhere near there uh, in the leaderboard uh, he was coming to get everybody and in the east LeBron has shown it so many times that I do think guys like uh, I mean let's take Tatum he didn't have the worst game but he he's another guy after the game he's admitting yeah we've seen LeBron do it before you're telling me that these 20 and 21 year old kids aren't looking on the floor going "Uh uh-oh there's that guy uh, we know what's going to happen now. I mean, I, I just think that is huge uh, for any team. But when you have had the success that he's had over time, that's what it re- it reminded me of. It wasn't the, the the Michael comparisons. It was Tiger because all these guys had watched Tiger do it so many times mm-hmm. that once it started to crumble and, and that lead started to disappear, it was like a fait accompli that, that he was going to find a way to do it. And that's the thing is that LeBron also – it's not that he made it look easy because he clearly was exhausted, but it, it you could just see like the level of composure, Nick, right? I think that's what you're getting at is that yeah, LeBron sure. never like sweated out the idea that he was going to lose that game necessarily. Like, And it's not that the Cavs were getting great possessions every time down. They had some, some rough moments and a lot of those trips were them trying to draw a switch and LeBron basically would go like full Mark Jackson and start trying to back somebody down from half court. <laughs> um, but like uh, – but just the way that the Cavs just kind of had a composure, LeBron especially, he, he was clearly poised in that moment. He wasn't sweating it. He wasn't worried. And the Celtics got away from their offense completely. They got a few open looks that they missed. And, you know, I think that that's going to be the thing that people are going to have to look back on. You know, Al Horford had that wide open three. And I bet you Al Horford spent all day thinking about that wide open three that he missed. And they had a few of those looks. Terry Rozier mm-hmm. missed a bunch of good looks. Um, it was kind of over at that point, but even Marcus Smart blows a wide open layup right at the rim. So yeah. the, the Celtics had these chances, but to me, that just it was a perfect illustration of LeBron is built for that moment. He was ready for it. He was poised. He was composed. And I think the Celtics got away from themselves a little bit. I think that they got rattled. I mean, look, the Celtics were seven of thirty nine from three. And the Cavs, they were just 9 of 35 from 3. So it was the opposite of um, Rockets-Warriors, basically. <laughs> like that was uh, The three ball was not falling. And so that's what made it kind of ugly. Um, I will, like, y- you talk about LeBron's poise, and that is undeniable. But um, he, man, does he have a knack for um, uh, entertainment. I mean, like, from, look, getting dunked on, like, only LeBron can get dunked on, okay? And then kind of steal the show with the look he gave Jason Tatum yeah. after hey, Tatum bumped him. Like, what are you doing, kid? <laughs> like, respect your elders. That look was amazing. Well, and then LeBron comes back with that and one, Cassidy, like where yeah. he's he's got Marcus Morris on his back like he's, uh, you know, Brandon Stark. And, like, he's just just like carrying him straight to the bucket for an N1. <laughs> that was good. That's good. Did any of you guys have, like, a damn I'm old feeling in the postgame when Tatum, when they asked Tatum about that dunk and he was like, oh, I went from, like, begging LeBron to follow me back on Twitter to just, you know, in the moment you got to make that dunk. And it's like, no disrespect. I was like, holy crap, we're in a period now where there are guys in the NBA that were, like, begging for follow backs on social media when they were kids. This is Yeah. We, He's we're twenty so old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean I mean, speaking of old, like uh, there are eight year olds, okay? Eight year olds. That's full grown child who doesn't know anything other than LeBron representing the East in the in, in the finals. Like you could have like a long conversation with a person, <laughs> a small person who doesn't know anything else, <laughs> you know, like, like a, like a real, you know, some, some eight year olds like, can, you know, have a adult conversation. Think about that. They don't know anything else other than LeBron in the finals. It's crazy. Nuts. Uh, what did you guys think of LeBron's um, full court stare down after his, um, I'm going to say block. Even though, because I don't want to like, 
it was a little bit, it was a foul, but it was, you know, block on um, Rozier. <laughs> I was having flashbacks to my days covering uh, Carlos Boozer with the Bulls. I thought he, uh, LeBron was just trying to pull a, a booze and take a, a break for a few seconds and catch his breath. I mean, booze never had that kind of block, obviously, but <laughs> he would wait on the other side of the floor while the rest of the game was going by on that end. And, and then if somebody got a steal and wanted to throw it back to him for an easy bucket, he was there. But uh, I had to I had to laugh at uh, the good old days of Carlos hanging out on the other side of the floor while everybody else was down there. <laughs> Uh, trying to set up some kind of play. I, I mean, look, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going to bow down at the altar of LeBron James all day mm-hmm. long as much as anybody else. I do think LeBron has kind of a knack for drama, though, Cassidy, mm-hmm. as, you, as you kind of pointed out. Like with that and with the way that I think he kind of like played it up post game, laying down, you know, in the in the uh, celebration where the trophy where the trophy presentation was. I think he, you know, he knew that like, and I'm sure he was exhausted. There's no doubt about it. But like, oh, yeah. I think that he was also aware of, of the idea that, you know, he wanted people to kind of realize, do you guys see what I'm doing here? Do you see how much I'm taking on? And oh, I think, we saw. That's why Doris asked you twice. Yeah. Like, is this a great achievement? Taking this squad in front of that squad <laughs> to the, LeBron, to I the think is, finals. He is, you know, he is hyper aware of everything and every narrative and everything that's going on yeah. around him. And he understands how to play his part in these narratives. Yeah. Like uh, Brian Windhorst pointed out, like when, um, oh, I'm going to, I'm sorry um, if this is not his name from ESPN Brazil, Paolo, what did they say oh, his yeah. name? Did Paolo, he? Yeah. Some, I don't remember his last name. Yeah. And so the fact that he, you know, like, like he said, he's been clutch his whole career. And then LeBron gave that response of like, you know, there's not many like you, you know, not like he just, you know, confirmed that. He does listen to to all the conversation around him, like and that's like anytime if he says he doesn't. I've never met a more aware athlete than LeBron James, and when I say aware, like he sees everything, not just on the court, just his environment. It's like he's like like RoboCop, like he registers little things, like identifies with you know, um, and if it's true, like they say that he has like a photographic memory. Uh, you know, he sees and hears everything. I would love to see that photographic memory employed for something not basketball. Like, Bron, what'd you do this morning? I was like, oh, got up at 4.45. It was a little cold, so I I got on my, my Ugg boots this morning. And then I <laughs> went, went down 14 feet. And I saw that my son was pouring some cereal. And I was like, oh, let me get a bowl. And then it's just like, I, I would love to see his photographic memory on just like completely <laughs> mundane stories. I'd like to see him use it for good. Like a, he's like yeah, a superhero like, with a superpower. Ooh, that's like a maybe like a prime time procedural <laughs> show. Like yeah, the Han, you're on fire right now. Yeah, it's like well, no, like hear me out, hear me out. Okay. Procedural show. It's like Cassidy Hubbard is a scrappy nose detective in Chicago, and she's out to get the biggest villain of the century, but she needs a help. From one photographic memory athlete in LeBron James, and he's like, "Cast, you're looking at the wrong spot. That <laughs> that photo wasn't there the last time we were in this apartment." And then Cast was like, "Oh," and like that would yeah. be a show right there. Yeah, honey, are you about to put this in the real podcast, or is this going to be outtakes? Oh no, it's it's going in. It's going in. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. Not only oh, in the real podcast, this is gold. I'm what sending it over about? to. I'm sending it over to the agencies right now. We're pitching this. Oh man, <laughs> Royce, when you said you wanted to see him use it for something good, yeah. I was expecting. I was expecting you to say that he was coming down the escalator like in Rain Man, and, and he was going to use it for like yeah. blackjack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> we could all get even. Uh, we could yeah. get like LeBron Rich off him just counting cards. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, that would be great. Uh, look, I. You know what though? If um, you know how people ask, like, what kind of um, superhuman power would you want? Would you want to be invisible? Would you want to be able to fly? Like, I would legitimately pay um, all the money that I had to have a photographic memory. It would make life so much easier. I don't think LeBron is, and I think people have pointed this out. There's a lot of players that can 
recount stuff, like have that recountability that LeBron does. I don't, I don't think he's right. completely unique in that. Um, you can talk to a lot of players. I remember with Kevin Durant routinely would do that sort of stuff after games where you could be like, you know, what happened during that third quarter run? And he'd kind of run it down a little bit. Um, with LeBron, it's part, part of it's just kind of fun. It's like, you know, he, he does it so well. And again, he's well aware of it. And now he's kind of even played it up because he knows we all made such a big deal about it because yeah. it is cool. It is cool that he can just kind of like jump in there and be like, here's what happened. So let me tell you a story. So, you know, Andrew and I, we go to, uh, you know, we get, we have a lot of meals and discuss strategy and plans when I'm out here in Los Angeles. And um, the other night we were walking to a restaurant and this guy walked up to us on the, on the street. And Andrew, I want to, I, I appreciate that you sort of moved in to try to protect me from him, but he was trying to sell us. I mean, I thought he might try to sell us like pot or you know, meth or something like that. But he was trying to sell us some bogus snake oil pills for something. Um, and uh, I thought it was a little bit ridiculous because I'd never seen anybody try to sell like snake oil on the street. I think that's, you know, mostly um, done, uh, you know, in different for- on different formats. And you said to the guy, listen, man, uh, if I want that kind of stuff, I can go get it from your average gas station. And I thought that was a really good comeback because I felt like that put him down. Full disclosure, I stepped in just because you said you were going to pay for the meal and I didn't want to put that in jeopardy. Speaking speaking of that, um, I got really, really tired uh, that night and I forgot that I promised I was going to buy you dinner. I didn't mean to uh, welch, but I just was so tired that night I forgot when the check came. I know that's like very... <laughs> I know that's a very convenient excuse, but I just forgot. <laughs> so I want to apologize. Um, and I'd like to, I'd, you know, I, I, I sh- maybe I should offer to buy you some snake oil. But you you said, no, um, you know, if I want that kind of stuff, I can just get it from a, from a gas station. And I was like, no, Andrew Hahn, no. You don't buy, uh, you know, when you need a supplement, you don't go on the street and you don't go to a gas station. Uh, where do you go? Uh, you go to forhims.com, uh, which is one of our new sponsors that provides all kinds of, uh, advice and, um, products for men, uh, hair loss, uh, skin care, and naturally what's important to all men that nobody wants to talk about, Andrew, of course, is sexual wellness. And or, why, or that, Andrew? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Sexual and why, Andrew? Is forhims.com different than what you can get in the in the, on the street or in the gas station? I don't know, Brian. Why? Because when you go to forhims.com, you're going to talk to actual doctors when you when you need medical solutions, especially for hair loss, uh, and they are going to give you legitimate medical grade solutions. So that's what we at the Hoop Collective recommend. So. To get a free trial month of four hymns for just five bucks, you can do that. And you just go to the website, fourhymns.com slash collective. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash collective. Fourhymns.com slash collective. You know the thing that I didn't appreciate uh, when I was trying to intercede on your behalf with that dude is when you gave my full name out and you were trying to give my address and phone number and social security it's just like (laughs) inappropriate brian fortunately i have all of that memorized it (laughs) took me a while to get your social security number but uh yes but i I just think it's i just don't think we should walk on that street anymore Uh, i think is really what the moral of the story is because um we we took an uber to this restaurant at one point um and it's not that far away but there's but it's you know kind of difficult to get to, and so we took an Uber. And the Uber ride, unfortunately, um, I don't think the Uber driver had ever driven in downtown Los Angeles before, and so we ended up going like twelve blocks out of the way. So we ended up having to walk, and we ended up running into the snake oil salesman, and it reminded me of how important uh, for hims can be, so you don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. So there you go. Wow. 
It's almost like we planned it that way just so we could talk <laughs> about it. We always, it's very important in our lives, Andrew, to always be uh, on the lookout and mining for hashtag content. <laughs> game for Warriors Rockets because most people will listen to this after the game is aired and we are recording this before the game is aired uh, and so as of this recording Iguodala is not going to play we still don't know about Chris Paul but Royce let's assume that the Rockets win game seven what's the reaction how did it happen I th- the way that it happens in game seven look I think a lot of people wrote the story after game six that like the Warriors found themselves, they figured it out, they are back to who they want to be. I don't really, I don't really feel that way. I, I, I think that I think what happened for the Warriors is the Rockets just got completely worn out, and as the game started to kind of slip from them, they didn't have that security blanket of Chris Paul anymore, so they kind of lost themselves and and really just kind of almost threw up their hands at, at a certain point. Once it got to like six or eight, uh, because this Rockets team, I think proved quite clearly in game four that they're capable of taking a punch and responding from it. I think that they just kind of let go of the rope in game six and said, let's play for game seven. No, no, that's not to discredit what the Warriors did because the turnaround was incredible, but the Warriors really just started hitting a bunch of shots that they've missed throughout this series. And that, that really is truly, if you want to distill down who the Warriors are and what makes them great, uh, it's just a matter of like, are they shooting the lights out or are they not? And like, they, cause they took a lot of these like kind of wild shots throughout the first five games of the series. Sometimes they went in, sometimes they didn't. And so much of it is rhythm and confidence and, and how they're generating them. But I don't necessarily believe that the Warriors like figured something out. I don't think that they look, Chris Paul didn't play. That made a massive difference in game six. And whether or not he plays in game seven, I think the Rockets are more than capable of winning game seven without him. They clearly need him. But I think what it's going to come down to is if if the Warriors don't settle in with that t- kind of comfort level on the road and some of those shots don't go in, I think the Rockets have enough to kind of just grind through 48 minutes between Harden, you know, getting enough done on the offensive end, some of the other guys stepping up and hitting threes. I think that they proved throughout game six, even though they got beat by 30, that they're kind of capable of pulling it off. Um, Nick, let's assume that the Warriors won game seven. How did they do it? I'm glad I got this question because I flatly don't believe that the Rockets can win this game. Uh, and I'm banking on Chris Paul not being able to, uh, to play again, guys. But Even if he doesn't, even if he can play, he's not going to be 100%. Exactly. I mean, there's only so much you can shoot up uh, from a, a shot perspective, uh, assuming that he were to take a shot to numb that thing to the point where he'd be able to to give you much anyway, Cass, to your point. Uh, I, the, the key for the Warriors is the same. I mean, if the defense can hang on, and certainly it's not going to be the same uh, that it's been at times in the postseason without Iguodala, but if the defense can just stay in front of uh, Harden and force an Eric Gordon, uh, a Tucker, somebody else to beat you, I, I I believe in the power of stars in the postseason. I've seen this Warriors team a lot on and off throughout this season, uh, and they just have too many stars. Uh, they've got too many guys to try to slow down uh, on this stage without Chris Paul. Uh, so I'm expecting a big game from, from Steph. I don't think he's gotten rolling uh, yet at all uh, on, a, on a real consistent basis in the last few weeks here. I mean, Durant didn't really get things going uh, in game six. Uh, he can get rolling. And then, oh, by the way, uh, Clay Thompson with this team is is kind of like the in case of emergency. Like if Steph and KD don't have it uh, that night, well, Clay will take care of things. Uh, and I think that group is way too proud and way too talented to go down 
to a Houston team that's without its floor general uh, out there leading them. Do you see any scenario where LeBron can beat either of these teams? No. None. Really? I think LeBron if None. I think if CP's not if the Rockets get by and Chris Paul's limited in games 1 or 2, I I think that LeBron could maybe pull it out. I don't think LeBron can beat the Warriors. I think that that's a, I mean, I think we could give LeBron a game out of Even courtesy. Even without Iguodala. Yeah, I don't right. think. I think we could give I think we could give the Cavs a game out of courtesy and say it's 5 games, but I don't I mean that's just not happening in my mind. I think the Rockets a matchup against the Rockets. Uh, I mean, I think that there's a chance there. I I, I lean towards Royce. I mean, um, yeah, that I think that makes sense. Um, but is that just because we just because the uh, the Rockets uh, haven't been to the finals, and you're banking on you know outside of Chris Paul's uh, um injury that they just um they're not going to be able to i think it's a style of play thing for me cassidy do you i think you know i just think that the way that the the rockets are going to play against lebron i think that that kind of can tilt the Cavs' way a little bit more it can become a possession by possession game which i think is where lebron can kind of excel in and there's you know and the rockets live by the three and the rockets are much better at hitting said three. Right, true. So, I mean, like, look, the Cavs can, you know, the Cavs have had their moments shooting the three. So, but I just it's so I, inconsistent. Right. I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I would pick the Rockets in the series. There's no doubt about it. I'm just more basing it on, like, let's say Chris Paul, let's say they get through tonight, Chris Paul doesn't play, and they just somehow win the game. And then Chris Paul's, like, kind of limited in games one or two. Um, He's not completely himself, so the Cavs are able to steal one, and it gets back to Cleveland 1-1. I could just see this kind of dragging itself out into like a six- or seven-game series, and then once again you get there to where it's like the the deeper a series goes for LeBron, the more that favors him. Right. Uh, For one, he doesn't feel pain or exhaustion, and he's completely fine, and while everybody else is tired, LeBron seems to raise his level. But I I think that – where when the fire starts getting hotter, like that's when LeBron puts on like a shield of armor that just people don't have. I think he can just kind of withstand the heat. Uh, and I, if if the series can get into like a sixth or seventh game, I would I would feel good about LeBron. For doubt for the Warriors, uh, is it a sweep against LeBron? I'd give him one game because of LeBron. Yeah, but but that's it. And and to what you guys are saying, uh, Royce. I absolutely agree that if that series dragged out somehow that LeBron would go, yeah, you know, I'll find a way here, but I don't think that series would drag out because I think we're, we're, there's too much focus if that's possible on LeBron being incredible and not enough focus on the rest of that group. Are you telling me that Jeff Green and and J.R. Smith are going to start knocking down shots from all over the place after all their inconsistency this year. I mean, who knows? But Houston has been uh, assuming that they were to find a way to 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 get the upset at home uh, in Game 7. Even without Chris Paul, I think they have enough pieces surrounding Harden and play uh, that, that high-octane style that I just don't think Cleveland would have enough there. Yeah. 2016. Heading into that finals, how how did how did you guys feel? I can't like place myself. Was everyone saying it is impossible for the Cavs to win that series? Like, like going one. into it, That's yeah, because that was a seven. Really you know, that was a seventy three win season. The Warriors were unstoppable. I mean, it's weird because the Warriors felt more vulnerable than than they do now. Did, even though they won seventy three. It yeah, seemed like great. the path to beating them was more obvious <laughs> like than it is now. Well, it's probably Kevin Durant, right? Yeah, I mean, Kevin right. Durant changes it all. I mean, like, even though they won 73. I don't know. They've looked pretty beatable in this series. I mean, they're more they hurt now than they have been at any point previously because Iguodala's out. Steph wasn't 100%. Like, Steph's not 100% this time. Clay's a little banged up. Like, And their their depth is not as strong as it has been in years past. Right. I, I remember everybody thinking, all right, uh, well, it's not impossible because LeBron is, <laughs> was still LeBron then, too. So you knew they had a chance with him on the team. But the other thing is, and I think we're all hitting on it, 
going into not only that series, but into the postseason. Remember the big storyline was did the did the Warriors ex- expend too much energy trying to to chase down the Michael seventy two and ten Bulls, mm-hmm. and did they use too much of what they're going to need to get through the playoffs because they were chasing that record? So you wondered how much gas they had left in the tank, and in the end, that uh, you know Draymond gets suspended for Game Five. Oops, uh, <laughs> Cleveland goes on to. Uh, to knock every everything else down but you know uh, of course the the key there is it wasn't just LeBron uh, Kyrie was still on that team and Kyrie was massive uh, in a few of those games no I mean I would argue that Kyrie's shot was bigger than LeBron's block but I know I'm in the minority wow most people remember the block whereas I feel like the yeah, shot I, was bigger. I, you're actually completely – you're 100% right, Cassidy, because that game was replayed again recently. The, LeBron's block on Iguodala came with a lot more time on the clock than I think people remember it. I think people almost remember it as there was like 30 seconds left. I think there was maybe two minutes or a minute 45. Yeah. And there, was, there was still a lot of game to go. It was an, you know, obviously an important play. But um, I looked it up. The uh, – on the, I just looked up our expert picks from 2016 finals. 22 people picked the Warriors. Seven picked the Cavs. I was one that picked the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, you, hey, you, peep, you peeps that. I'm with you. I'm with you. I picked the Cavs. It was, I think, Dave McMenamin. Surprise, surprise. Also picked the Cavs. Yep. No yeah. way. Dave picked the six Cavs. Though, we, we, we had them in six. Oh, we had them in six. Damn. Yeah, Michael Wright had the Cavs. Uh, so we were cast. super confident, huh? Ian Begley, Bradford Doolittle. You yeah. know what? I have not, uh, and I'm sorry, um, Royce Webb, who sends these out all the time. I have not filled out one of those surveys since. I was just going out on top. <laughs> 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 I get those Drop emails the all the time. Because <laughs> I see how many people get killed. Like, I don't want the Pelicans tweeting me out saying, you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You're taking the wind horse approach. No predictions. Yeah, no predictions. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Smart. This is exactly right. Um, all right. Well, gentlemen, enjoy game seven tonight. Um, and you're a couple days away from uh, from uh, basketball until we get this thing rolling again on Thursday. Um, kind of a bummer for the NHL, man. No, seriously. Like, start game one on Tuesday. Primes, I mean, come on. It's like what's scheduling the, a deviated septum on the same as <laughs> it, <laughs> It's ice. They, they, uh, NHL's got a deviated septum right now. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, how are you going to... Twitter minchies. I will tell you that. That's it. And... We done. Thank you for joining us today, Royce and Nick. You two are the best. Thanks, everyone. 